there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, it's the summer solstice edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, heading back from New York City. New York City. Dr. Batar, you're finally at home, and I'm on the road. So anyway, we got lots of healing, broadcast healing to do. I had uh, the, uh, uh, how would I say, the memorial service for Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. His wife wanted to have it on the solstice, so I came back up to do that. But there are a lot of gifted healers. You've been hearing about them being taken out of the life chain un- uh, uh, mysteriously. And, uh, but we're not stopping what we're doing. I didn't know that's the reason that you were in New York, but uh, um, my best wishes there as well. Yeah, well, like I said, this is a, a time of, of, of healing. There's transformation happening. We've been covering these things for a lot of years. There's a lot of things that are changing, uh, yet at the same time, there are a lot of things that are trying to stop those changes from happening. But I think inevitably, um, be, they're not going to be successful because you you can only do the same old stuff for so long, and even the people that are into it are going to go. You know what? I'm bored and tired of doing this. <laughs> Let's try something different. Yeah, that's true. I totally agree with you. So, as far as uh, what's going on for you, any uh, healing stories from the clinic that are that are uh, speakable this week? Um, well, it's actually interesting. I am. Uh as as we're doing the show, I am actually standing over a sink. <laughs> um, I was attacked by yellow jackets, so I have four uh, very bad swollen areas on my arms and my hands uh, where the yellow jackets got me, and uh, they've swollen up quite quite interestingly. Um, I look like one of those. Uh, Parts of me look like the Pillberry Doughboy. Oh, man. Where do they get you? On the hands, face, neck? Where do they get you? Actually, on the inner wrist, mm-hmm. uh, on the elbow, on the finger, and then on the thenar eminence. And um, the one that's really, really painful, which I asked my wife, I said, did I, did I tell you that it feels like a nail underneath my nail? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting solution, Robert, that I had come across many years ago. And um, I am doing that right now, and it, it's amazing. It almost takes the pain away, and you forget that you've got it until it starts wearing off. And then the pain comes on in a very, very... Right. Um, don't, tell me don't tell me you're peeing on your hands right now. No, actually, that works for sea urchins, and I had that issue. Right. Um, and it, that actually does work. Um, but, no, it's this is... Uh, should we talk about this solution that people can try? Absolutely. You know, look, as a homeopath, I do Apis Malefica, which is the bee sting venom in homeopathic form. But you can do yellow jacket. Some people actually do bee sting therapy. I haven't heard about yellow jacket therapy, you know, purposeful stinging themselves uh, uh-huh. to reverse certain diseases. But in your case, what was uh, the reversal or what is the reversal? Well, it's not necessarily a reversal. This is more analgesic than anything else. Okay. Um, they're probably... It's probably three inches to four inches in diameter of each area where I was stung. And the worst one is on the finger because the finger, the swelling was so fast uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you can almost develop it like a compartment syndrome. So this happened about five o'clock. It's now ten o'clock. So it happened. It happened about five hours ago. Right. And um, it's very very sharp pain. Literally feels like a nail was driven through my finger. Um, so the solution is very simple. Take baking soda. Yeah. And add a little bit of water to it to make a paste, and put the paste right directly over the uh, bite and on the surrounding area, and you will have virtually within 15 to 20 seconds, almost instantaneously, you'll have relief. Nice. And I believe that the mechanism of action, because sodium bi- it's basically baking soda, sodium bicarb, yes. I think you're basically um, neutralizing the acidity of the toxin, and I also believe there's an astringent quality, so you're pulling, if you will, the... the the localized venom out um, through the skin, but it it's within it's almost instantaneous. You get relief. Now the funny thing is, when it starts drying, when the paste starts to dry, it cakes off, and mm-hmm. before it even falls off, the pain starts to come back. And all you have to do is just take a couple of drops of water. Mm-hmm. So matter the, the water actually acts as the elixir of pain removal. It's sure. so funny because you just put the drop of water, it reactivates the sodium bicarb. You don't have to put new sodium bicarb on there. Just, right, just reactivate because it only works in that wetness or a moist environment. That's brilliant. Yeah. Very simple. Uh, the uh, sodium bicarb cure it has a lot of options there. Well, that's good. Also, uh, uh, in terms of uh, dealing with these um, summertime kind of things, because in the northern hemisphere, this is when the bee stings are obviously happening. Uh, so it's a good, good thing to learn uh, before it happens to have it at the ready. Yeah, I never, I'm never concerned about wasps, bees, you know, yellow jackets. They swarm all over the place. And, you know, I see people ducking and everything. I've never been stung before. If I have, it was, you know, by accident where I like sat on something. Right. And I was uh, actually putting up a fence with a couple of my guys and I was knocking in a stake to mark where the next one was going to go. And I had a tape measure in my hand and I just tossed the tape measure right next to the stake. And I didn't even realize it, but I felt something crawling in my hand and I looked down and then I felt the shearing pain and all of a sudden they were all over me. Wow. Um, the, the tape measure just basically hit the nest that was in the ground. Ah, so yeah, it aggravated them that point. Because most of the time they're, you're around them, they're not going to bother you. And, and that's what I've found over the years too. But yeah, if they're aggravated, it's like all bets are off, get out of there. Yeah, and I was probably 100 yards away from them within about five seconds. I think I did. I was pretty fast. My <laughs> old football coach would have been very, very proud of me, but uh, they were right on me. <laughs> you were, Yeah, you were sprinting very well, got out of there. Well, I'm glad you're all right now. And, uh, again, that's a good lesson for everybody. If, you, if you're in the summer months and a uh, sting happens, have the a sodium bicarb. We talk about homeopathy as well. Many different things that can work in, in regards to uh, – responding in a first aid manner to those kind of stings yeah so. and this is just a, all you have to do is just get the regular baking soda that you have inside you know arm and hammer mm-hmm. baking soda that's in the fridge for this for the smells just th- that's all you need just baking soda and a little bit of water i've also heard that meat tender tenderizer works i haven't used that my wife has used it and she said that that really works too but um the sodium bicarb it just works over and over again Excellent, excellent. Well, let's see. We got some other stories that are interesting tonight. I, I, it's an, as I said, it's an unusual summer solstice that you have a full moon. I think the next one's going to be like seventy-four years from now. So, m- people that are real energy sensitive understand these things. They say, you know, it's a big, big day. So enjoy it if you're listening live, uh, first recording. Otherwise, uh, hope you had a good one in the meantime. But uh, now the days get shorter from here in the northern hemisphere, and don't worry, summer's coming down south in the southern hemisphere. Whether you're listening to us in New Zealand and Australia. 
Yeah, and I think it's uh, pretty cold over there right now from everybody that I'm talking down there. It's it's, it's pretty cold. So um, my aunt's actually visiting from New Zealand right now, and she my she's at my sister's in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. they walked outside. It was 102 degrees out there, and my sister was complaining how hot it was, and my aunt walked out, and she said, oh, it's so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Having the heat wave, and they're loving it from wintertime. Yeah. You know, we had a, a, a listener write in. Uh, yesterday, I covered it on the show uh, from Australia about another case of kind of med- their version of medical kidnapping, where a kid with brain cancer, a six-year-old, being forced to have chemo, despite the fact that the parents have done all their homework to say, you know what, it's 95% or more fail- failure rate. And, you know, it brings up the question again, is that the, the people have become so subservient, so much like sheeple rather than people, that they wouldn't stand up and defend their children. You know, as they're obligated to do, they've been so convinced that the authoritarians in government have the power and should have the power and exert it over us, much less the medical community, that this is a global phenomenon, not just what we've, de- 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 uh, what would I say, degraded into in the United States. Yeah, and the funny thing, Robert, is when you talk to people from other parts of the country, they always seem to think that it's only in their area, and they seem to think that the U.S., uh, the uh, pinnacle of freedom that it would be so much better. And then I have to remind them that, no, this type of atrocity actually started here in the United States and it's moved its way outwards. Mm-hmm. But um, the grass always is greener on the other side for everyone. Yeah, it, It's the same problem everywhere in all the developed nations. In the U.K., we've heard this type of stuff happening, of course, that you're talking about in New Zealand. Yeah, um, This type of stuff is rampant here in the United States and Canada. I have, I've had two patients in Canada with cancer where a young uh, children, not not young. One one was about eleven, and one was fourteen. And uh, in fact, the fourteen-year-old one was um, he was four. He was uh, diagnosed with a, a cancer, a thyroid cancer, the same day as his mother was di- diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Really? Yeah. And um, you know, very very quick story. He got better. Uh, but they wanted to start them on chemo. They actually, the doctors wanted to have a conference call with me. It was the next hour I spent with them on the conference call. Basically, they wanted to know what we'd done. And I basically told them that you wouldn't understand what I did. Even if even if you did understand it, you still mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to fully understand the capacity of, you know, what we were trying to do. And the kid was doing great. And then all of a sudden, his thyroid-stimulating hormone went rampant. Um, parents called. They were panicked. I said to send him back. He came back. In three days, we had his thyroid, you know, normal again. And when he went back, they were trying to force him into chemo. And the parents were scared. They said that they're threatening us. They're going to take away child services. And I said, have him run away, have him come south, and I'll have him. He can stay with me and, you know, work on the farm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the dad was ready to do it. And um, But the son is just totally, totally laid back, chill, you know, not not stressed about anything. And... Um, so they came actually for they were going to go to Disney World. So they came for an extended period to the U.S. And I saw him. I hadn't seen him in three months. And here's this kid that they're trying to take away, and he's gained no kidding, probably 12 pounds of lean body mass. His chest is pumped out. His arms, he, you know, he's grown like three inches in height. He's gone through two rounds of our treatment. And I'm looking at this guy and this kid, and they're saying that you know he's he's going to metastasize. And he's going to do this and that. And I'm like. Kids with cancer don't put on 12 pounds of lean body mass and developing muscles and growing in height because everything on our panel showed that he, everything was clear. He had a clean bill of health. His immune system was kicking. Um, a lot of emotional issues there. In fact, at a certain point, based on what we were seeing on the e-box, I made the comment to him. I said, in front of his parents, I said, you know, your mom 
doesn't need this from you. Um, you don't have to do this because your mom has cancer. Mm-hmm. It was almost like sympathetic pain. He was right. the youngest, and um, he he just I mean his mom didn't do as well. He just started doing incredibly well once he was told and given permission that he didn't have to follow this path, if you will. Right. And um, and he and the mom ended up doing fine, but the. The point is that well, it's, it's, really- it's, it's fascinating that sometimes these kids, they don't know. They need permission that you don't have to go down this road. Listen, we got to take our first break here. It's the Summer Solstice Edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, Advanced Medicine with Dr. Raja Bittar. Back after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's a global phenomenon. What is that? It's the taking of children. It's the mandating of medical treatment. It's a global religion, a religious movement, allopathic medicine, and it's forms and trappings outside of emergency trauma interventions. And we're seeing it, as you said, Dr. Batar, around the world, and we're getting people, you know, writing to us from all over the planet going, what do we do? What do we do? And I think this is, a, you know, the human dilemma of, of slavery versus sovereignty, honestly. And not every country has adopted what at least the origins of the United States had in a concept of where the, the people were sovereign and they were superior to the government, as opposed to the king or the queen being sovereign and everybody was a subject of the king or queen, but we've become subjects in the United States by virtue of we've lost our history. We don't even know where we came from, how we got here. Yeah, and that's a that's a problem. That in itself is a problem when it, when you start looking at the political components and some of the uh, social economic components as well. But I think that when you talk about it from a spiritual level, too, Robert, because mm-hmm. you can apply what you just said to a spiritual level. Yes. And I think that's um, that's the most important thing, that if we can start to apply that from a spiritual level. And, and yes, we don't know where we came from. Many people don't know where they came from, and that's the reason. And if they start to realize that we all come from the same place, from a spiritual state standpoint, we all came from the same place. Right. You know, and I think that that would help. Again, I don't want to sound all metaphysical and mm-hmm. foo-foo-y, you know, kumbaya. We, and type we can that do that. Type. We can do that. We get away with it. <laughs> okay, well, then, the, the, but the thing is, really, if we all understand we come from the same place, I think that that would allow for a lot of the discourse to fall by the wayside and for people to start looking at the commonalities. Yeah. Um, you know, the problem is that when we start looking at the commonalities and even though people want to come together, we start to find that rifts between people, mm-hmm. they're not geographical or economic or religious, but they really come down to black or white type of thing, meaning not, not black or white literally, but I mean black or white meaning evil and good. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean... And it doesn't mean anything what your race is, what your ethnicity is, what your religion is. None of that matters. It really comes down to those that resonate with light and those that don't resonate with light. And what I mean by that are, is that there are people, you and I know this, on the other side when it comes to, let's just talk about healthcare, but you can take this economically in many other areas. Yeah. Um, when they want to propagate the use of a poison uh, under the pretense that it's going to allow your child to be safer, whether it be chemo, whether it be a vaccine, or whether whatever it is. And these are people that know better. I mean, these are people that you can't say, well, they didn't know any better. You know, the public health official that's mandating the vaccines, they probably don't know any better. But the CDC officials and the Paul Office of the World, they definitely know better. 
They definitely know better. And yet they're still propagating with a no, knowing that the, what, what the truth says. It is impossible to contemplate that the offits of the world don't know any better. It, well, it, it, exactly right. And they're being called out for it. But at the same time, there's such dissonance on their side. Um whether it's an economic issue, but you're right. I think we got to take it to the spiritual issue. It's like there's a darkness there, yeah. uh, and they're promoting a power agenda, not a love agenda. And exactly. That, and that isn't frou-frou or woo-woo. That's, that's just reality, and I think that, you know, I don't fear to talk about it. We can, we can make fun of ourselves when we do, of course, as well, but uh, I think that you're right. And, and we've also talked about people that are seemingly diametrically opposed in certain facets, uh, but when left to their own um, interactions, not a government controlling them and telling them who to hate and who to like people find a way to have exist in commerce and exchange and and enjoy one another just on a human level if you will because uh, you know so many of our discords are really fomented from those who want to control us manipulate us through fear well that's exactly right and i you know you you say that it's uh dissidents i i i think that it crosses that point it goes into evil no i i do i agree i mean there's that point where you can try and shut it down and then there's a point where you're really making a choice and you're probably taking lots of drugs so you're not uh having to face the choice you know and eventually you'll have to face it but the, the medicine can only keep it away from you for so long yeah yeah and and i think that um those of us that do follow um a higher agenda and that are conscientious of the fact that there is a uh, social, ethical, fiduciary responsibility to let the world know what you know, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the consequences when it may be coming backwards. You have to do what's right. And I think that th- that's the difference what I define as good versus evil. I don't think that you or I are special in the sense that we are you know, different than anybody else, but I think that it is... There are less people that will do the right thing regardless of what the definition of right is. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a difference between courage and bravery. It was a very interesting thing that I read recently. That oh, stand by. I want to get that. Hold that thought. Difference between courage and bravery. We come back. Also, uh, the folks uh, uh, of the uh, uh, African-American community, do they mistrust doctors more because of the Tuskegee experiment? We're going to tackle that issue as well. Robert Scott Belshaw. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you ever miss an Advanced Medicine Monday, don't worry. You can go to MedicalRewind.com and catch it there any time of the day or night. Thousands of hours, I think. I'm not exaggerating at this point. We've been at it for a while. And uh, great, great stuff. Of course, Dr. Batar is the author of the internationally best-selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And, of course, you're listening on GCN, our syndicator, if you're listening live. Now, Dr. Batar, you were going to say the difference between courage and bravery before I transition to that uh, Tuskegee story. Well, it was something interesting that I was reading, and they were talking about how courage and bravery are different. The courage is a kind of bravery, but not always the other way around. So courage is a kind of bravery, but bravery is not a type of courage. So to be brave is to do something despite the fact that you are frightened. Mm-hmm. Um, but to show courage is to do something that scares you precisely because you know that you must 
do it because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that what what this comes down to is that when, when one has a sense of being completely right, you know that it it impacts your sense of courage. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. No. If you have that sense of righteousness, you are willing to take it to the end of the of the earth. I mean, it's right. Uh, if you're if you're not so certain, you you probably will back down before you get there because well you know I'm not sure right you're not going to give give it give it everything you got you'll give it a lot you know, but there's a limit. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and so I think that more and more people that have experienced um, some type of a health crisis or have been a victim, if you will, of misinformation, they become more attuned to the fact that whatever they've suffered or whatever was um, the detriment that they experienced, that they not contribute to somebody else uh, falling prey to the same type of uh, situation. And, you know, this is one reason that I I get disinterested in things pretty quickly, Robert. I have a very short attention span, and that's one reason I constantly – you know, like I, I don't see too many autistic kids. I, we have a lot of autistic kids in our in our practice, but most of them, my other the other healthcare providers, um, deal with it because there's not there's not really much to do. I mean, it's, there's, there's an old saying in medicine: there's something and always and never are never accurate in medicine. There's one exception to that, and that's autism. It's always mercury, and it's never anything else i mean the things that are that contribute to it but it's never you don't get any kind of results no matter what you do as you do when you remove the mercury and so i um get i don't want to make i don't want to minimize this but it does get it's not intellectually challenging let's put it that way and so when i get involved with the case it's always because there's some kind of a strange caveat where the Mercury is coming out, but now the child suddenly starts to show worsening, and they don't understand why. And we start looking at the mineral analysis, and we show, see that they've got a um, very strange type of picture where their, say, zinc levels or copper levels are very high in the urinary challenge, but then in the spectrophotometry, we see very low, which means that the body is not absorbing it. And so those are the types of things that you know are challenging, and, and that, then I get involved with it. But otherwise, I'm usually focused in more on the cancer patients, and. Robert, I'm sorry. This is no, no, yeah, th- th- this is this is absolutely fascinating. Honestly, Doctor Pataris, I'm hearing you, and uh, it, you know, there's a point where you see a pattern emerge, and it is consistent. It's consistent. It's consistent. It's like, okay, I know what to do here. Let me move on to something that's challenging me. In the meantime, if there's a case that comes up that poses or shows a little bit different, then I'll come back in and we'll look at it again, and it, and it makes all the sense in the world uh, why well, you and- do that. And, and, and the thing is that I didn't want to, I mean, I went on a long diatribe and went off tangent here, but the reason I was bringing this up is that things have to intellectually stimulate me, otherwise yeah. I get bored very easily. And the reason that I have, we've been doing this radio show, actually we're in a sixth year now, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I know, you've gotten bored year, five years ago. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I would have been, but the thing, <laughs> this, is, this is very important stuff that we do, mm-hmm. and even if it's like social banter about some of the studies that are coming out and you know more than more often than not we're facetious and sarcastic about some of the things and probably if you've heard the first 10 shows you've probably heard are the gist of what we talk about and that's basically hey it's important to detox you mm-hmm. know don't put crap in your body and uh, live a good healthy life and do right and fear no man that's basically the gist of all our shows yeah um so if you haven't if you've missed <laughs> the last six years i just caught you up you're uh, you're caught up you're with us now <laughs> up, good right. job way to go now they'll, they'll listen to every, ever again 
Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, tune in 10 years from now and it'll be the same message. Uh, so, but, you know, of course, there's a lot of very cool stories we cover every week and, and yeah. you're covering a lot of the stuff, you know, six days a week. But I think that the reason this hasn't become boring for me is mm-hmm. because it is a way to help others without um, having to rely on an individual coming to seek your help in a clinic, which is which limits you as a mm-hmm. as somebody. If the, if your desire is to help people and you are successful helping people, then the next thing that you start thinking about how is how can I help more people? Mm-hmm. How can I? Uh, get this message out to more people. And yeah. obviously when people have to come to your clinic, you're limited by their ability to come to your clinic, by um, the number of hours that there are appointments that could be made. Sure. So the radio show gives me an opportunity to uh, get, to share a message. And, and right. fortunately that your and my message is the same message. And so it's really, it's really powerful. And so I, I appreciate the fact that I haven't gotten bored after six years of doing this and that our message out there is hopefully catering to those that have the courage to do what's right. And, and yeah. that's, that was, so a- this is, this is the thing. Now I'm going to tell super Don he's listening. He's not speaking tonight, but he's, if, if Dr. Batar doesn't show up for work one week, you know, it's because he got bored. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> you know what I, I think it is so great, too, about what we get to do together and what you do, what you represent for people. It is that strength. You mentioned courage and, and, and bravery, but it is that, you know, that living example of someone who says, no, I stand up for what is right. And we need more of those stories. People need to hear more of those stories so that they can tap back into that which they also have. Because we, as you said, we don't claim exclusive domain here at all. We're not special in that way, but we make choices that other people admire and say, you know, I wish I could do that. The point is you can. The question is when will you? And I think hearing this message, it, it is a strengthening point, even like we've said so many times before, saying the power to heal is yours. Every time we're together, every time I do a show, it's all that. It's that reminder. It's that strengthener. It's that coming back to that center focus of what you need to do, what you can do, and where we're at. Yeah, and I think it helps us ourselves. I know it helps me myself yeah. to um, you know, sometimes hearing validation. Not that I need the validation, you don't need the validation, but sometimes when you hear um, you know, something like Stanford just did a study that shows that sugar causes cancer or contributes to cancer, and you're yeah. like, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it, there's a lot of different emotions, actually. It's a way of uh, connecting with other people uh, without even knowing who you're connecting with. It's very powerful. You experienced this with me when you and I were standing. I mean, uh, you've been mm-hmm. experiencing the radio world many years more than I have, obviously. But when you were, you and I were, I think it was in Pennsylvania and in, in Philadelphia when we did a um, advanced medicine yes. symposium. And actually, the gentleman ended up becoming a patient of ours. His son became a patient, and, and his, his uh, autism diagnosis has not been reversed from his physicians. Uh, Eric, he's a pharmacist. Yes, remember? of course. Never he forget yeah, he was sitting in line uh, when we were doing during a break. We we were waiting to get lunch, I guess it was, and um, he is an avid listener of the show. And he came to Advanced Medicine Symposium, and it was it was just kind of cool when when you hear somebody like that introduce himself. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a pharmacist. I really appreciate your message. I've been listening to you guys for years, and um, it was a great opportunity to get here in person, meet you guys, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, three, four, five months later, he becomes a patient. I didn't expect his son to become a patient, to become a patient, go through another year of treatment, and now his son's off the spectrum. And it's just really cool to have, you know, gone through that type of a journey. And, and we've been really, really fortunate. I've been extremely blessed because I've had that happen so many hundreds of times now that you meet somebody, you've never met them before, you don't know who they are. And I had this actually happen in Disney World, the strangest thing. It's wow. like almost midnight, they're about to close. 
my sons and I, you know, we look like drowned rabbits <laughs> and we're coming up one of those log rides and we come off. It's like they're get, getting ready to close. And this guy says, hey, is Dr. Buttar? <laughs> and my, and it, I, I don't know why, but both my sons were with me and my immediate reaction was to grab him and push him behind me. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was. I didn't know. You know, I don't know why. <laughs> my immediate reaction was to get him behind me, right? Yes. Because I didn't know who this guy was. Right. And uh, and then he, of course, said, you know, I've been a big fan of yours, and I saw you at you know, such and such um, uh, show on TV or something. I don't remember what it was. I think it was maybe twenty twenty or something. Yeah. And uh, so, and then he said, I, I started doing such and such, and then my wife did, and, and it all started because we saw you on TV, and we just really appreciate you, and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, you know, and then, I, of course, I introduced him to my son, but the funny thing was to me is, like, how did this guy recognize us? Because if you took a picture of us, which, you know, they, they do on the log rides, you couldn't yeah. recognize any of us because we were drenched, literally, head to toe, we were totally drenched, um, but anyway, it, it was funny. Well, in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, it's the voice, too, because obviously we're coming around the world with the, the voice coming through the radio broadcast, and it is something that transcends the physical, physical look, if you will. And I've had that happen. They hear the voice. They don't even see you. And they say, oh, I know that voice. So uh, mm-hmm. that could be one of the cases there as well. But that's really cool. Now, I think that might have been the Dallas one that you mentioned where we met Eric. I can't remember. We've done a few. Yeah, it probably but, was. But, uh, yeah, fantastic stories, very empowering stories. And they end up, again, helping others. And so it just keeps on going. Now, I wanted to ask you this question. We had a couple of minutes before break, and this relates to a story in the New York Times. And I think they're very scared of what's happening uh, with the African-American community because uh, the Nation of Islam, uh, Farrakhan, and uh, they're, they're recognizing the danger of vaccines thanks to uh, Wakefield and, and others that have really put out with this Vax movie. They're now reaching into that community, which I've been trying to reach for years and saying, look, they're poisoning you. They're targeting you. Your kids are much more vulnerable, even though they're all vulnerable uh, on the vaccine issue. And so now they're going back in the New York Times saying, well, I wonder what's going on here. Could it be the Tuskegee study? Is that why they don't like us? Is that why they don't trust us? And they, they won't look at contemporary uh, vaccination as a possibility of the cause at this point, even though, yes, Tuskegee should, by any measure, make you suspicious of the medical community forever. Well, what's the difference between Tuskegee and what's happening right now? Well, and that's the point. They're experimenting on all kids. And I think, you know, when we see Brother Tony Mohammed in, in the Nation of Islam, the right-hand guy for Farrakhan, he's saying that exactly it. This is not about black kids and white kids. Right? It's all of our kids. And that's the truth, except, you know, the Tuskegee, the difference was it targeted blacks. In this case, the, the vaccine issue is targeting everybody, but they showed a vulnerability in black boys, given the MMR on time or early, more than others. But, but that's my point though you see when you look at tuskegee they channeled out a population based on on its ethnicity and now you've got the same thing that they saw the propensity in african-american children to be more damaged so what is the difference between tuskegee and contemporary issues with the vaccines and the the answer is that one affected a population that was already mature and this is affecting that same population at at a much more infantile yes standpoint right and i mean i agree that it's affecting all children i'm not disputing no no no, i'm with you we got to take a quick break we're going to be back to wrap it up it's all it's only getting more interesting now but we got to go there after this live around the world the robert scott bell Show. Talking about the New York Times and the Tuskegee uh, thing, and they're speculating that, you know, black people don't trust us anymore. Why? Could it be because of Tuskegee? And your, your point is 
I hopefully hopefully well taken, Doctor Batar. That you know what is the difference? You're right. They know what's happening, particularly to that target group, young African American males, and they covered it up. And so, if anybody of that, uh, let's say, uh, background trusts the medical establishment, they need their head examined. Yeah, I mean, the first time you hurt me, you know, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. And that's exactly what they're doing there. Why, why wouldn't? Why would they want to trust anybody? I mean, they they've already been. You know, and it's it's actually every human being should not trust the system anymore mm-hmm. after what's been done and what has been shown to have been done. The experimentation on humans that started, um, well, God knows when it all started, but you can start looking at World War II, what the Nazis did, yes, with a lot of the people in the in the um, during during Holocaust. Then you start seeing what our own government and a lot of this stuff actually, when if you trace it back, it's, direct lineage, direct exactly, lineage, and, exactly. and and you know that story out of Perth, which I told you they wrote about yesterday. They strapped this kid down, the six year old kid down in bed sheets, and he's bruised. His arms are bruised because he knows this stuff is killing him. That it's poison. Uh, so you know what? Tell me if that's not Nazi medicine. What else would you call that? Yeah, in fact, remember the girl at the uh, event for Truth About Cancer that they talked about? At, uh, yeah, Cassandra C., same thing. They, and she was thing. almost 18, and they strapped her down, and she says, I do not consent, I do not consent. What kind of human, can you, if you can call them that, would continue to pour that poison into her body when she says that? Yeah, and I mean, there's, no, there's absolutely no difference. The only difference is that they did it in mass. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, and they don't do it in mass now. They do it, you know, isolated to take people away from their parents. That they, uh, you know, will under some type of pretense that the person isn't uh, able to make the decision, so that they're not uh, mentally um, intact or whatever. Yeah. Then they start doing this stuff, and so they don't do it in mass. But that's exactly what's going to this mass immunizations, the laws that are mandating vaccinations, and they're trying to dumb down the population, trying to. You know, take away the sovereign right of an individual that over their own body that that you don't have that right over your own body, and so, and, and the amount of people, Robert, that I'm mm-hmm. coming across that I'm meeting, maybe it's just me, but I mean, these are people that don't know that I'm that you know I'm a doctor or that mm-hmm. what I believe, and you just hear conversations. More and more people are getting really, really upset. I mean, yes. Donald Trump is a perfect example of why people don't understand he's insulting everybody and yet he's <laughs> yes. gotten more votes from uh, right. from the republicans than ever in the gop why because he is basically he's his message is catering to and widely being received by the disgruntled yeah the people that are upset and right, rightly so again how much can you take and he's uh, he's uh, i guess he's, ver- verbalizing it now uh, he's tapped into that he's yeah. tapped into that sensation that that emotional uh, area where these people are just very tired they're fed up and he is he's figured out that key and he's feeling it and more i mean you know he would probably be very very successful if he just learned to shut his mouth and not insult different right. groups, he'd he, probably be issuing. He hasn't learned about the law of silence in that regard yet, just yet. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I tell you what, it, it is a time where more people are squeezing out of the grasp. And that New York Times article on the Tuskegee reference to today's black people not trusting medicine is fascinating in that I don't believe anywhere in there uh, that they would acknowledge that 
the CDC whistleblower might have something to do with it in this current time, uh, that indeed, yes, you can go back to that. But how many people is that on their mind, the first thing on their mind when they go to the doctor? Oh, you're the same profession that did that in Tuskegee. I don't think on, on in general they were thinking in that term. But now that uh, the Vax the Movie's out and the things that we're talking about people are talking about, it's, it's, it's changing. That's why I think they are desperate. I don't know what kind of stunt they're going to try to pull to pull people back into the fold, but I just don't think it will work the same way as it did before. Yeah, it's certainly not working at all right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Well, anyway, I appreciate uh, spending a little solstice time with you as I head back from New York. And, uh, you know, already looking forward to next week's uh, Advanced Medicine broadcast. What can I say? Well, it's uh, always a pleasure, Robert. It's always is a pleasure. And no more uh, yellow jacket stings next week, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid that because, you know, it's uh, it's it's not a... Not a lot of fun. Not pleasant. No, no, no. You, 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 I, I knew I was alive already. I didn't need the reminder with that level of pain. That was not, not necessary. But anyway, you taught some folks some good stuff with the sodium bicarb thing to start, so that's good. Remember, uh, medicalrewind.com. Of course, archives are available at iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn at GCN and podcasts at Epic Times and, of course, uh, UK Health Radio and SoundCloud. Dr. Batar, tell them what they need to know before we sign off for the evening. That the power to heal is unequivocally yours. Yes, it is. 